0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Kaleidoscope FM podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I feel like I just have been jumping straight into episodes recently. Anyway. Welcome. Uh so today's episode I wanted to divide into two parts. Uh we're talking about fear and anxiety. And part 1 is talking about what it is and where it comes from. And so I want to start us off with just a reflection on my part. So I recently had my birthday. Woo, go me. 26. <laughs> but anyway, uh I I think because of its annual nature, my birthday always kind of causes me to reflect on the last year and see a bit of how my life has changed and yada, yada, that sort of thing just reflecting. And what I noticed was that I, I'm sure I've mentioned at different times in my podcast how I started my intuitive eating journey back in roughly September 2020. And since my birthday is in July, I'm sure you could probably deduce that in July of last year, I was still very much deep in my disordered eating, binge tendencies, uh, just not doing great um, in my relationship with food. And this year for my birthday, and for a few other occasions, I had been gifted some chocolates and cookies and, oh, like a birthday cake. Oh, that was actually really fun. I got a birthday cake. Uh, I love cake, by the way. So for me, that was a big deal. Anyway, uh, like biscuits. I've, I've been gifted a number of different sweets and it made me realize something that was seemingly insignificant, but is a huge milestone for me. And I'm sure anyone else who has been recovering from binge eating or anything like that was that I just haven't been afraid or feel for fearful or anxious around sweets for quite a while now. And that, again, might not seem like such a big deal, but it is for me. And... <laughs> Also, side note, it's gotten to the point where like I'm not concerned about binging and I'm not worried or anxious about what would have been my trigger foods that I have so many different sweets in my house that it's actually a little bit like if I didn't have this podcast and talk about how like I'm you shouldn't have shame or guilt around food like I would borderline have shame and guilt about like how much uh, sweets I have in my house just because it is a little bit crazy. I have multiple I like cookies and biscuits which to be fair some of these were gifted to me like I didn't buy all of them uh, but I've just got like a number of different like chocolates, cookies, um, ice cream, Nutella, waffles. I've got it like a number of different things but even just like having one of those things in my house would have been hugely triggering for me and for anyone who doesn't know what I mean when I say triggering it's For anyone who has binge eating issues or struggles with their relationship with food, I think you probably understand what I mean in terms of that internal feeling of just being very worried and anxious around foods that you know you would normally binge on. And for me, all of my binge foods would be sweets. I've never been a huge savory person. I wouldn't normally binge on those types of things, but it was always the sweets that would get me all the time. So... Like I just said, these are like huge in the past trigger foods for me. And now I'm able to have them at home with no fear, no anxiety around what would have been my trigger foods that would cause me to binge and just go nuts. And I bring this up because I want to backtrack a little bit too um, to tie it in together and I saw a post on Instagram a while ago, which I actually found hilarious just because of how true it is. But this one dietitian, she said, uh, she, was, she was like making a joke about how uh, her clients will say they will do anything to stop binging. And then she says like, okay, so let yourself eat the like, quote unquote, bad foods. And then they're just like, absolutely not. It... I think how I'm describing it isn't funny, but like the the video that she made was hilarious in my opinion, just because it just like sums it up to a T. How we feel when you are struggling with your relationship with food, it just seems incomprehensible to allow yourself to eat the foods that you're trying to restrict because you know you have this fear and anxiety around the foods that you know you're gonna end up binging on uh, because those are trigger foods for you. And so what I, I just want to like work, walk you through the thought process of what I know I had, and I'm sure what literally anyone else would have, because this is literally what so many people feel. So I used to think if I could just stop binging, then I could lose weight, I could get toned, etc. because I was working out like crazy at the time. Uh, I was eating very quote unquote healthy Uh, or being very conscientious of what I ate at all other times, at all the times where I wasn't binging when I would just like snap because my brain just couldn't take it no more and my body. (laughs) But I thought if I could just stop binging, then I'd be skinny. I'd be toned because in my mind I just figured that I was doing everything else right. And it was just the binges that were the issue. And it never occurred to me that in order to heal my disordered eating, um, and stop the binges, that I would have to allow myself to eat the things that I thought that I like shouldn't be eating. It just seems so counterintuitive. Uh, and I also want to bring up that allowing myself to eat those things, it's both a form of physical and mental restriction. Uh, in, I, when I was writing out my notes for this episode, I realized this episode has probably come so late in the game because of the fact that it ties in so many other things into it. And so I'm probably going to reference a number of different episodes I've already recorded because they all intertwine. And so anyway, uh, episode in my past that you should go check out is Mental Restriction. I forget. if I think it might be episode three, but don't hold me to that. Go Go check it out. But anyway getting back to the story. So it petrified me to think that I might need to, uh, like start eating the foods that I like thought that I shouldn't be eating. And so my thought process at the time was (laughs) like, uh, like I will do anything to stop binging. And then if you were to have some devil's advocate voice in my head that said like, okay, so just let yourself eat the things. And then I would immediately go back and say like, oh my God, no. If I were to let myself eat these things, I know I will just binge eat on all the things that I've restricted or had food rules around. And then, of course, what's going to happen is I'm going to gain a ton of weight because I've been working so hard to restrict these things that if I even allow myself to have a little bit of it, my body is just going to skyrocket and I'm just going to keep gaining weight forever and ever and ever. (laughs) And this is literally what I thought in my head, Uh, which I'm sure is probably what other people think when they like even are approached with the idea of allowing themselves to eat things that they think they shouldn't be eating because they're quote unquote bad foods or unhealthy or um, uh, any number of reasons. Go check out my good food, bad food (laughs) episode, which is also something I'll link in the show notes. But anyway, this thinking, as much as I understand where you're coming from, because this is literally what I had been thinking when I was faced with this, but it is false. It is false because one set point weight theory. Go check out my episode on that where I discuss that because this is why fear and anxiety episode ties into so many other things that I think I had to record this later to be able to reference other things because I could just go down a rabbit hole with so many other topics. But this thinking is false because of one, set point weight theory, and two, kind of tied into set point weight theory, is the redeveloping your hunger cues, which comes with intuitive eating. So eventually your body is going to regain its hunger and fullness cues, and it means that you won't be binging forever because our bodies don't naturally want to be over-consuming food. You, you would have like fullness cues that would stop you in like hunger cues that tell you how much like you want to eat. And it will naturally, you're, when I say it, I mean your body, your body is going to naturally guide you to eating the amount that your body needs. And so that is essentially what set point weight theory is. And that it means that your body will guide you to a weight range that is best and optimal for you. That about sums up what set point weight theory is, but I talk more in detail with it with that episode. But talking about that and why our thinking is false because of those reasons. uh, In addition to that, when we look at that thought process, the fear and anxiety around our trigger foods is coming from two different places. So one, it's the fear of weight gain. Also go check out my episode on weight loss uh, not being the be-all end all kind of thing. And two, it is the fear of ourselves. And I think that's actually a very loaded point because it's the it's the fear of being out of control and fearing how we react by ourselves (laughs) ourselves. Um, being alone essentially because most binges typically will happen like when you're alone because you're usually feeling shame and guilt around it Uh, so actually two more episodes that I talk about there control and shame and guilt I'm gonna mention all of these in the show notes but this is literally how much uh, fear and anxiety plays a role in all these different areas so To be fair, so like recapping that, the thought process stems from a fear of weight gain and a fear of ourselves, but also fundamentally that feeling of being out of control. And the feeling of being out of control is very scary. And I don't want to uh, make light of that because that feeling of being out of control and that like binge impulse is very scary because you feel like you just can't cope uh, that feeling of, for instance, if I have a box of chocolates in the house, I know I'll binge on them. And if for whatever reason I don't get a chance to binge on them, I'm sure I'm going to feel like a caged animal where this binge impulse is just like exploding in my body. Like that sounds really graphic. But uh, for anyone who have had who has had binge impulses, you know that it feels, it's, it's like an addict who just like doesn't know what to do with themselves. You just feel crazy. And so you're, you're terrified of like one or the other or both happening. And that fear of being out of control, it is a very visceral response in your body. Um, So I don't want to make little of that by any means, but that, that fear is also your, your recognition of sort of the, the precipice of before the storm, which is essentially like the binges and like your concern, your concern about binging and the consequential weight gain that you think would also stem from that. So it's a bit of twofold. But the the thing is that that fear you have is so, so strong uh, and I say this like, maybe I say you, I can't know for sure how you're feeling, but I know for me it, that fear was so strong that it really prevented me from healing my relationship with food because it, I, I like, continued my mentally and physically destructive habits rather than allow myself to, one, feel out of control or two, gain weight. Uh, both of those things, I just thought, nope, nope. <laughs> I, I know that this, uh, this issue around food, this like fear and anxiety I have and like these binges, like it, it sucks, but it is familiar. I've been dealing with it for 10 years. I know how to cope. Well, I don't really know how to cope, but I like know what to do when i bend. like the, it's so familiar after some point that you're you're have like a additional fear of the fear of the unknown if you do try and deviate from your normal tendencies because you don't have historical proof that it could be any other way and so for me i know when i was binging all the time why it was so hard uh, for me to like recover was like well one i thought that i was the only one that struggled with it and I realized since that time that there' are so many other people that struggle with this, which is the whole reason I decided to start a podcast because for literally years, I thought it was just something that was my own personal shameful experience. and I was too afraid to talk about it with anyone else. and because I thought it was the only I was the only person dealing with it, I it didn't occur to me to like find a way to recover (laughs) so just imagine like how much relief I felt when I found out it wasn't just me and therefore it's not just you and you there is no need for the shame and guilt around it but I'm here to tell you that I've had uh like disordered eating and a bad relationship with food and compulsive exercise and yada, yada, yada for like essentially 10 years. And now I no longer have fear and anxiety around food, which is something that I had for literally years. And if you're listening to this, I'm sure you can probably relate. And first of all, I'm sorry because it sucks. It is not a great feeling, but also... Moving on to part two, let me describe how you can heal this. And that's why I'm making reference to so many other of my episodes because it is really a process. So moving on to like the part two of this this episode is about how essentially what I discovered how to heal it was intuitive eating. If you've been around my podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk about it multiple, multiple times, but intuitive eating is really what I think will help anyone who has a poor relationship with food um, or struggles in any kind of way. It's really what can heal your relationship and help you find food freedom. Because I remember when I even applied to work with uh, my dietitian in the past, she had me fill out this application that asked me like what I hope to gain out of it. And I remember writing like I just want to be free of these thoughts around food and these issues and feeling like I'm constantly battling my body because that's also what binge impulses felt like. It felt like battling my body. Uh, and battling myself, both mentally and physically, which I'd been doing for years, and I just didn't know how. I didn't know that there was any other way, and that's why it was so important to me, and so glad that I did finally start working on intuitive eating back in September, but I bring this up also to give you give you like a reference like I remember I would binge on like protein bars like which are not even like that good and so actually speaking of that this is what is so hilarious and so so sad because when I talk about like I feel like in my my part one of this I was talking about how the answer is to just eat what you've been restricting but that's not it's not just that. There's like a few layers to this. The, so to give, you, to give you an understanding, like the, the different layers you're going to have to go through is like number one, do not restrict mentally or physically. Go check out my episode about mental restriction. Like second one is to not put judgment or shame or guilt on yourself. Also go check out my shame and guilt episode. Also, number three, you need to allow yourself to have the foods that you previously deemed off-limits or quote-unquote bad foods. Also, go check out my bad food, good food episode, but also I want to point out here that this is something that can be done gradually. It might be overwhelming to open the floodgates and go and buy every food you've ever been restricting because you'll still have a bunch of fear and anxiety around those, and so it would be even more overwhelming if you bought like tons of it. So I would say like choose one thing that you would normally have deemed off limits and then try and incorporate that into like allowing yourself to eat it. But like I said, don't restrict mentally, which means get rid of the, I shouldn't be having this thought. And also don't judge or shame yourself. Also fourth, like focus on your hunger cues and your emotions like before, during, and after you eat. <laughs> and that also ties into my episode about emotional eating. And then the the last part would be about reflecting. So reflect on how did it feel? How are you feeling both like in your body, in your mind, uh, like both like so your, your body mentally and then If for whatever reason, like maybe you don't feel so great, how can you adjust in the future going forward? So for instance, uh, when I was still healing my relationship with like sweets, I would definitely overeat on a lot of sweets. And after a while, I finally realized, you know what? I I just don't feel super great after eating this. I'm going to like maybe cut down a little bit on it. And so it just, you'll start to notice more in your body and in your mind, you become much more aware. And so it is a process and it is a journey. And that's why So many of the tips I've been dishing out in different episodes all kind of tie into this concept of fear and anxiety, which is something that is probably the hardest thing, maybe not the hardest thing, but like one of, in my mind, the hardest things to get over in terms of your relationship with food if it's in a not great place. But getting back to that like one story I wanted to talk about that... It's so sad because when you start allowing yourself to have these foods, uh, you you can't even enjoy them. Because, sorry, when you when you start enjoying, um, sorry, ah, <laughs> all right, completely disregard everything I just said in the last like few seconds. It's hilarious and sad uh, when you would allow yourself to eat things let's say with like friends or family but you didn't actually like want to like be eating them but you just wanted to eat them to kind of save face and not have anyone like kind of question what you're eating if that makes sense so let's say if everyone goes to a burger place and you are really actually super concerned and anxious about eating a burger but you don't want to order a salad because you don't want people like looking at you wondering like why you're eating salad when everyone else is eating a burger that kind of thing so like one You'd rather be binging these foods in secret because you don't, like, really want to eat it, but, like, you know that you would be binging on it later uh, if you had the opportunity. And number two, you also have this pressing guilt about the fact that you're eating it at all. So, this is just an example of before you start intuitive eating, this is, like, what you might be feeling. Because I know this has happened to me on so many occasions, and I know, I know what it feels like. And I'm just saying like, if this is something that you are feeling this fear and anxiety and this guilt and feeling like you would rather just be binging by yourself alone, like certain foods, because it is very difficult to enjoy foods that are more like triggering to you, like with people because of the fact that you're just more aware of those trigger foods, if that makes sense. So if this sounds like you, then working on intuitive eating, doing those things that I mentioned, and working through this as a process and a journey, it will take time. It's definitely going to be rocky at the beginning. I mentioned this in my episode with Alex, where we talk about starting intuitive eating, but after a while, it will get better. So I'm just going to reiterate those, the the kind of like the steps that you will need to undergo in order to, after a while, finally just get rid of fear and anxiety around food. So numero uno, do not restrict mentally or physically. Two, do not put judgment on yourself. Do not shame or guilt yourself. Number three, allow yourself to have what you would normally have restricted or labeled off limits or bad or anything that like you wouldn't have normally had uh, because you thought that you shouldn't. Allow yourself to have those, but also probably do it in a gradual way. Don't just do it all at once. Number four, focus on your hunger cues and your emotions. And number five is to reflect both before, during, and after when you eat and adjust going into the future based on how you're feeling both in your body and your mind. So that is a summary version of what you're going to need to do for the likelihood of upwards a few months until you reach a point where you feel like you have some extent of food freedom because that is Well, I maybe shouldn't tell you exactly like because everyone's journey is a bit different. But if you commit to doing those things and really focusing on the journey and becoming aware, I think that you'll find significant difference. Or you could also look up, there's so many different intuitive eating uh, programs out there that you could do. If you don't have the money for that, that's totally fine. You can try and guide yourself through it. Go check out the intuitive eating. There's a book and there's also a workbook. I'll link those in the show notes as well. So it is something you can do by yourself. But I just found the support hugely helpful. But I am here to tell you that you can not have fear and anxiety around food. All right, so I hope that you guys are keeping well and I'll talk to you later.